Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. Well, we're back. We're so glad to be back up here with you. And um, when Pastor said, um, I forgot what he said, we're in nowhere or something. I used to come up here with my grandfather to Grayling, and he had a little uh, cottage up on the um, river up there. And so I've been up here many times, and I remember, you know, um, fishing with him, and so I have great memories of up here. And uh, this trip, we were able to bring our son and daughter-in-law and our two grandchildren, so they got to experience northern Michigan, and they, they had a wonderful time. So um, I love it up here. Yes. It's 108 degrees where we live. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's the hottest thing on this side of hell. It, it, it got to 122 earlier this year. And stayed. Uh, yeah, and stayed. I mean, so we, this is nice. Oh, nice. We, we, we can handle this. Beautiful. And bless the people with a couple of things, and then we'll, we'll get right to the word, and we won't go too long this morning, but we have a message on our heart for you. This is the full message of what we're going to touch on this morning. Revival, send the rain. Who would like it? Would you help me, Denise? Dr. Denise? And then this one is, is, it's called Miracles. It's uh, my miracle testimony and our daughter-in-law's miracle testimony. Together, we did a women's conference, and we both spoke and talked about miracles. Who needs one? Invisible worshiper. This one's all about, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, how David had to shed his kingship to stand in the presence of God and learn how to be real with God. I am lullabies. I've already had several great testimonies from people who bought this like on Friday night. One lady said, well, I didn't get past song two because I was sound asleep and had my best night's sleep. So who would like this one? It's the promises of God while you sleep. I sang two songs from my new CD uh, this morning, and then I did one yesterday and one Friday night. Also, Righteous Revolution. We are in it right now. We are in a Righteous Revolution revival for God in America. And whether you are in it or not, you need to jump in. There is a Righteous Revolution going on. Show me your glory. This is a prophetic CD, not for your car. I'm just telling you, don't be listening in your car. You'll be pulled over on the side of the road. And then the book of Proverbs. Um, the first book of the Bible that I laid down prophetically with, uh, I played in the spirit and then I sang it, was the book of Revelation. We have that. And then this is 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs. I sang it and played it. Thank you very much for my jacket back. <laughs> and we our were, husband's uh, book, The Rise of an Orphan Generation, Longing for a Father. Who would like this book? Ooh, you're getting your cardio in this morning. And then I grabbed, this is brand new, um, my book, uh, it's the fourth book on worship. I am a worshiper. And all of our work, our worship books have workbooks to go with it so you can use them like Bible studies and slow it down. This is the I am a worshiper workbook and a I am a worshiper book. Give one to one and one to another. And that way they have to go buy the other pieces. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase through the, the experience because I want my wife to tell a little bit more of it. But... We, we live in Southern California, and over the last few years, California has been in an extreme drought, and um, to the point where it's been almost seven years of drought. And make a long story short, uh, we've been on water rationing, water restrictions, and everything else. And they came across the, 
the television when the governor declared us in this severe drought that said it would take basically seven years of normal rain and then seven years of additional rain to fill the reservoirs back up in Southern California where they would take us out of, huh? So 14 years. To take us out of, of this drought. And so August, when we got home last year from here, we began to pray. We began to pray for the rain. God began to really speak in our heart. And, and he said that you haven't had rain and you've been in a, a drought in the nation spiritually. And the West Coast has been in a natural drought that just mirrored what was going on in the spirit. There is even more of a spiritual drought on the West than there is in the East. We can feel a revival already starting here. We feel it in you. We feel that you're being revived by the Spirit of God. There's been a huge drought in the spirit out there. And so it is showing up in also the natural realm. And so we began to pray. And then all of a sudden, um, about November of last year, uh, they started to say we were going to have some rain. Well, uh, basically what happened was in a three-day period in 72 hours, 330 billion gallons of rain fell, fell on Southern California and Three Northern days. California. Three days. Now, we think that's interesting because... Well, we've been praying for the rain for months, though. Every day we cry out for the rain. And, and rain comes when we pray for it. Rain comes when we pray for it. We have authority in the realm of principalities which is where weather happens we have authority there and we need to be speaking we need to be prophesying we need to be proclaiming we need to be confessing we need to be praying for it to rain when we need rain and for it to stop raining when we need it to stop raining that's a natural thing god gives us absolute revelation of that in first kings chapter 17 18 and 19 we have the right to do that why don't we do it right Right. So, I had two cups of coffee this morning. Thank God only two. So, <laughs> we, we began to pray for the rain, and then all of a sudden it rained more and more and more, and then all of a sudden uh, the mountains where all the ski lodges and everything, they, they said that they had, in the, by the fall, they had 150 inches of snowpack. Now, I don't know how they equate that down, but it would be uh, a lot if it melted. And, and then we got more rain starting in January to the point where one day we were, we were in Los Angeles and we had a friend from Georgia call us up and he said to us, are you all all right? And we said, yeah, we're fine. What's, what's, what, are you all right? And he said, yeah. He said, but we hear you guys are, 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 are having these massive um, rainstorms and floods and, and, and destruction and we're going... What? Not around us. No. We're just enjoying a nice rainy day. We're actually singing and dancing in and the rain. And he says, well, you know, they've named these storms. And they say the storm that you're in right now is called Lucifer. We laughed. We said, uh-uh. When it rains, that's no devil involved. That's God completely when you've been in drought and it starts to rain. We refuse to give the devil any credit. He doesn't even get to have a name. He doesn't get to be called upon. God sends the rain. And we were just prophesying and believing. And got, now, got, now it's raining, so we're enjoying the harvest of our prayers. They were listing what people thought we were experiencing. But when you experience something, you don't listen to what other people think. And we were experiencing a beautiful shower. And then all of a sudden it said, they came back and said, the reservoirs are now full in Northern California. That's right. And they declared Northern California out, out of drought. drought. And then we got more rain, and they said, uh-oh, 
the reservoirs are filled and the, the ponds are That's filling all. and they might not hold all the water so we want to evacuate. I looked at Charlie I said, when God does something, there isn't going to be any destruction. And I said, I'm not worried about, well, nobody, nothing flooded. They didn't have any reservoirs like that. But we, by, the, by, by February, we were out of drought. All of California. All of California's out of drought. Now remember, man said it takes seven years plus seven years, 14 years. God said, I'll do it in three days. Deuteronomy 11 verse 13 says, It'll come about if you listen obediently and pay attention to my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, your choices, your thoughts, your whole being, that he, God, will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the fall and the, and the late rain, so that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your olive oil. And he goes on and on and gives promises. And it gets down to verse 21. It says, so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. God loves to send the rain, but he wants us to be proactive about listening and obeying. And when we pray and ask for the rain, God's going to send the rain. So now we're in February, and we were preaching. This is a real city. It's called Rancho Cucamonga. We were actually preaching in San Bernardino, and it was January. Well, we had to drive through Rancho. I just like saying Rancho Cucamonga. He just likes to say the name. <laughs> so we're, we're in this church, and it was a large church. I think the square footage of the building that they had was somewhere 150,000 mm -hmm. square feet. It was January and it's a 22nd. big, tall building with a flat roof, and... And uh, we had done the early service, and then by the second service, Cheryl had a vision. Yes, and we were, uh, I was in the worship on the, this is what happens in worship. Lots of things happen in worship. You, you should expect things to happen to you in worship. You should expect to get healed. You should expect to get delivered. You should expect to get set free. You should expect to see visions and dreams. I mean, God is longing to talk to us. Don't waste a moment of a service thinking, oh, I'm waiting for the next thing. Enjoy what's going on right now with God. And so I was just enjoying the presence of God in the second service. And all of a sudden, I saw in my spirit eyes, the Lord reach around from behind me with both of his hands and these two fingers and these two fingers, and he pulled back the curtain. And when he did, I saw all of America, and he caught me up as if I was going way above America, and it was like a map of America. I could see Canada, the border of Canada. I could see the border of Mexico. I could see the Gulf Coast. I could see the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. And as I realized what I'm looking at, I noticed that the entire United States was red. And I don't mean red like Republican. I mean red like on fire. The whole United States was on fire. And as I saw it, immediately my mind is recognizing what's going on. Things happen very quickly in the spirit. And, and as I realized what, was, what I was seeing, this massive tidal wave came out of the Pacific Ocean right at the coastline of California and Oregon and Washington. And it was bigger in dimension than the map of the whole United States. So it was a massive tidal wave. At the same moment, one came up out of the East Coast, almost equally as large. And what was unique about it was that the tidal wave was water, all right, but in the water was 
millions of people, just thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were swept up in this tidal wave. There were people underneath it, and they were being devastated. There were people in the middle that looked kind of confused and like, what's going on? And then there were people on the top of this wave that were happy and joyous and looked like they were surfing and riding it and having the best time. And all of a sudden, the waves were released, and they came in on the United States, and they got to the middle of the United States, and they hit each other, and they, they the waves went back like this. And as they did that, the water stayed on the United States. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, Lord, what is this? And he said, this is my righteous revival. It's a revival of righteousness. Not just any revival, but this is a revival of righteousness. He said, this is my righteous revival. And as it began, I said, Lord, what are you showing me? He said, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's here. I'm telling you, it's a timeline that we're already on. We're already on. It's not 10 years from now. It's not 10 months from now. It's not even 10 days from now. It's here. He went on to say to me, it is a sweeping, weeping, reaping revival. Sweeping, weeping, reaping revival. So she shares that. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about when I was a kid, we moved from Michigan down to Florida. And, um, and, and I had friends that were surfers. Uh, one young man that I went to school with is a professional surfer out there. He's still surfing winning a lot of titles, and, 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 and they only went out, well, they went out every day, but when the hurricanes would come, they go out to surf. I'm going in and boarding up my windows. I'm like, you know, because you go out there, and there is a tide, there are these waves, and the tide moves so rapidly, what they would do is four or five boys would get in a car, and they'd drive them to one place, and four of them would get out, and one boy would drive the car down four or five miles, and they'd wait for the to catch that wave down there and they'd ride down there and they'd get in the car and they'd switch because that, that current was so strong. And it made me think about that. And that's one of the reasons why amateurs don't go out. You just don't go out because you don't know what to do. So, I, I, but I would like to go and watch them at times to surf because there were big waves. And I would always watch them do this. They never sat there and just waited for the waves. They would move to the left or they would move to the right and they had to position themselves to catch the wave. Now, amateurs that went out there that didn't know what they were doing would just sit there, and they would either sit there and the wave would come and catch them and pummel them down to the bottom of the sand, or they would miss the wave completely. And I said to Cheryl, I said, this is exactly what I saw. I said, this is what's going on with the church. You can either sit out there and not know what to do and either miss the wave or get pummeled, or you can position the church to ride the wave, ride and every wave. time those professionals rode the waves, it took them all the way to shore. All the way home. This wave of revival can take us home. All the way home. Because I'm ready to be with Jesus. Are you ready to be with Jesus? Because he said, behold, I'm coming soon, I'm coming rapidly, I'm, I'm coming, coming quickly. quickly. And the Lord said to you, it's coming, coming it's coming, it's coming, it's, coming, it's, it's here. here. That's how quickly He's going to come. And that's why we have to get this last push 
for our families, our neighbors, our loved ones, and anybody who will listen that Jesus is coming. This is not a time of complacency in the church. This is a time that we need to understand the importance of awakening ourselves, of stirring ourselves up, of having the Holy Spirit inside of us revealing to us what's going on and what's happening. No fear. No fear. Everybody say no fear. We're not afraid of this. We're excited about it. This is good. It's God. It's going to be awesome. And yes, there will be people who are devastated in it, but it's only because they're not ready for it and well, they, they don't have any seed in the ground. You're getting ahead of me. And they don't have any seed in the ground. You only needed one cup of coffee today. <laughs> it's probably just straight espresso. So, <laughs> oh, you laugh. Trust me, I live with this all the time. <laughs> I have the gray hair. She doesn't, all right? I don't know what color hair I have. (laughs) I haven't seen it in years. (laughs) She's got three colors going right now. She's confused. She's like an Easter basket. So, really? So, um, thank you very much, Mary. (laughs) Really? Really? Thank you. Yeah, it's a moneymaker here. She has to add to hers. This is God-given. So. Don't dislike God like that. I forget where I'm going. I got caught up in your hair. So we were, we were in the middle of this service, and, and, and all of a sudden people's cellular phones started to beep and buzz and go off, and, and I'm... I started to get distracted because it wasn't one phone; it was multiple phones. Was and then I said, "What? What is what?" And and someone said, "It's a flash flood alert! Flash flood alert! Flash flood warnings! There's a flash flood." Well, there wasn't a drop of we couldn't hear anything. Now I just had given the vision, and while I'm finishing up the vision, all these hundreds of phones starts going off with this alert, and they start saying it's a flash flood alert. I'm telling you, it's not raining. There's not a drop of rain going on. But there's a flash flood It was coming. a warning. It was now, like a sign from heaven. God was doing it on everybody's phone to awaken the church. Now let me there's a flash me. flood coming. I'm telling you, God is about to move. Now, ain't no coincidence. We don't believe in coincidence. We don't believe in luck. But in California, when you, when you have rain, then the vegetation grows. But when the vegetation is grown, we also can get fires, and it'll burn the vegetation, and so then we get mudslides. It's a wonderful place to live. (laughs) And when we have mudslides and too much rain, then we have earthquakes. And then we get devastation. And I said to Charlie, I said, I said, oh, I got a visual right then. I said, there can be two types of rain that will come, one that will bring a harvest and one that will bring devastation or destruction. But it's not about the rain. What brings the difference between the harvest and the devastation has nothing to do with the rain. The rain comes from heaven. What makes the difference between the devastation and the harvest is vegetation. And where do you get vegetation? You have to plant up. If you have seed in the ground, the rain will be productive, and you will see the grain come up, and you'll get a harvest. And don't be... 
don't, don't, don't be surprised, don't be wondering, don't be thinking, but I've been planting for years, and, and many of you have been planting for years. You've even been planting in spiritual drought. You kept planting, and you kept the harvesting, and you kept going toward, for the tithe and the tither's rights, and you kept going for the offerings, and you never stopped. We know this church. We know who you are. You are givers. You are tremendous givers, and you gave when it was easy, and you gave when it was hard, and you gave when it was raining, and you gave in drought. But what happens is a lot of times you begin to think, wow, I'm not getting the harvest I should be getting right now because you're in drought. When the nation is in spiritual drought, you kept planting even though you weren't seeing the harvest. How many of you can honestly say, I haven't been seeing the harvest that I thought I would by now? Because we've been in a spiritual drought in the nation. But let me tell you what happens. I'm a farmer's daughter. And and this is what, I I love this scripture in James chapter 5. It says, verse 7, So wait patiently, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. Then it goes on, verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed intensely for it not to rain, and it didn't rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its crops. Notice it says, Elijah was a man and with a nature like ours, and he prayed, and it stopped raining. And he prayed, and it rained. What's that scripture saying? You can pray, and it'll stop raining. You can pray, and it'll rain. He waited patiently. The farmer waits patiently for the crop. He waits for the early rain. He waits for the latter rain because the harvest is connected to the rain. Now, we've been in a spiritual drought, so it's not that your seed was bad. It's not that the ground you've been planting in is bad. It's that we've been in a drought, but that means in the realm of the kingdom of heaven, don't be worried about the seed because nothing ever rots, nothing ever goes to waste, nothing ever fails in the kingdom of heaven. You've been planting in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom that you operate from. That field, many of you have been planting many fields, fields of seeds you've been planting for 10 years. Those seeds that have been planted in drought, they're just waiting for the rain. And I'm telling you that the tidal wave of the righteous revival is bringing rain. It's going to rain on the church. It's going to rain on your crops. It's going to rain on every field you've ever planted that's not come up yet. And I'm telling you, the rain is coming and the harvest is connected to the rain. Get ready to receive the harvest because the harvest is coming. It's coming. Now, we're going to go about 10 more minutes. We'll wrap this up. Two things happened when she was speaking that. It took her back to, as she said, now my wife's from Mississippi. You can tell I'm from Mississippi. You can probably even tell I'm from the country. Because when y'all talk about Gaylord not being on the map, I always laugh. We would have driven to Gaylord to shop where I'm from. Okay? This would have been the big town. Well, not really driven, but <laughs> took the tractor. So, they, her daddy was a farmer, and they, would, they, they didn't have a lot of money, so this was the, the crew, her mm-hmm. sister, her brother, and herself. That's right. And their daddy would take her out every morning and t- get and out the truck. During, and, during planting season, he would drop us off at the, at the, he'd call it the truck patch. Anybody know what I'm talking about, the truck patch? Or the field, depending on which one he wanted us to plant. Each day we were responsible, and my sister 
and myself and my brother, we were all under 15. She was 15, I was maybe 10. My little brother's about five during this season. And he would drop us off at the field. And we started it earlier than that in life, but that's when I'm remembering the best. And um, he would drop us off in the morning. He'd say, now, kids, I'll pick you up at dark. You get this field planted. And we were obedient. I was a little nervous. You know, your daddy drops you off. You wonder if he's ever going to come back. But he, he'd drop us off and drive away. And we were responsible to get that field planted. And we'd work all day. My sister would drive the tractor and, and plow it open. And my brother would drop in the seed. And I'd come along with the hoe and cover it up. And we'd get it done. And when the dusk time would come here, I'd see the truck coming. That's such a relief to see daddy come to get us. And I would want to jump up in the truck and go home because I'm never, even though I am from the country, I don't like getting dirty. And so when you've worked like that all day, you're dirty and I want a bath. So I'd get up in the truck and Daddy would say, get out of the truck. We're not done yet. So I'd mope around, jump out of the truck, and he'd say, now get your toes up on the edge of the field. And so he'd put his toes, my sister and me and my brother, I can see our toes to this day. I can still see us lined up. And not one time, not one time, did my daddy ever say, now kids, let's pray for the harvest. Not one time, but every time we'd join hands and he'd say, now kids, bow your heads. Let's pray for the rain. I just realized when God brought that vision back to me, how we as a church body have been for years praying for harvest when we should have been praying for rain. Because the harvest is automatic. It's going to happen. But the rain is up to us. Elijah was a man like us with a nature like ours. And he prayed for it to rain. And it rained. I'm telling you, church, we're going to have to start praying for the rain. God is sending the rain to Gaylord. He's sending the rain to Michigan. He's sending the rain to America. And every seed you've ever planted is about to come up in harvests of souls and salvation and miracles and signs and wonders and finances and healing and health and divine deliverance and anything else that you've been planting, you're about to get a harvest. Send the rain. Now, in the Word of Faith Church, and and we'll wrap this up for you all, in the Word of Faith Church, we were taught, plant your seed, get a harvest. Right? Plant a seed, get a harvest. Send the rain. You, you, You can't just plant a seed and get a harvest. There has to be something, water, to ignite the seed. Send the rain of your presence. Send your Holy Spirit. That's the rain. Judy, come up here a second. I want to show you a real quick illustration. And I I just, I really want to be conscious of your time in the the children's church. In the Bible, it says, for as long as the earth shall remain, there'll be seed time and harvest, right? So you're thinking about seed. Everybody says it's seed time. Okay. And harvest. But I want you to stop. I want you to say seed, seed, seed time, time, harvest. harvest. There's three steps, not two. It's not just seed time. It's seed. I'm time. the seed. Time. And mother. Harvest. And everybody is excited about the harvest. Yay! That's why I like to be the harvest. Nobody wants to be celebrated. out there planting the seed. There they go again, wanting more of what I got. No, no. Trying but to get a harvest to you. Seed, time, and harvest. Now, Judy, take two steps forward. There's no way that the seed can get to the harvest without time. 
This is where we start doubting. Well, you know, I, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. I gave an offering and nothing happened. And that's when you fight that good fight of faith in your mind that what you did will come to flourishing because what you've done is ignited the harvest because I'm going to take it. Thank you, Judy. You can sit. This is because where during the time. Whoa, 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 let me get this and then you can wrap it up. It, uh, sorry. Don't lose it. Go. 10th chapter, book of Luke, verse 1. Now after this, what is this? The last verse in the ninth chapter says, Jesus said to them, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks backward to the mm. things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Don't look back to when you were planting your seed back there. Don't look back there. Don't look back there. Mm -mm. Listen, Don't look back. My wife and I gave an offering one time to honor our daughter, and we were believing for something, big things. Two, three months, four months went by, Nothing happened. Six months went by and nothing happened. I said to the Lord, hey, did you know I wrote that check? And he said, yeah, I know. I said, where's my harvest? He said, well, you wrote the check, but you didn't turn loose of it. I said, yeah, I did. Matter of fact, I put it in the offering plate. They cashed the check. It cleared the bank. I gave it. They cashed it. He said, yeah. But you keep talking about it as you're doing it today it. instead of releasing it that you did six months ago. You give it, but then you have to turn loose of it for me. So it can germinate. To work with it. But you got a death grip on it because you keep bringing it up to me of what you did in the past. We have got to give and turn it over to the Father because money in our hand is money, but money in God's hand is a miracle. miracle. A seed in our hand is a seed, but you plant it in the ground, and somehow God takes a seed and turns it into a harvest. And when now, you're praying for the rain, that is the Spirit of God. That is the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. When we talk about rain, we can see natural rain. But when we talk about spiritual rain, it's the move of the Spirit of God over your finances. It's the move of the Spirit of God over your healing. It's the move of the Spirit of God over your health. It's the move of the Spirit of God over your family. That's what we're crying out for, the rain of the Spirit to bring forth the harvest. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the rain of His presence now after this the lord sent and chose out and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he was about to come jesus is coming jesus is coming he said Everybody to them the harvest it. indeed is abundant jesus there's much ripe coming. grain but the farm hands are few so pray therefore the lord. lord of the harvest he did not say pray to the lord of the harvest he said i am the lord of the harvest. There's a big difference when you pray to something or you already understand he has already become the Lord of the harvest. When did he become that? When he planted Jesus as the first seed, the Lamb of God, it's been harvest time ever since. Pray, Lord of the harvest. Now, we had Lord you pray for your loved ones. of the harvest. You plant the seed, he's promised the harvest. Because when you plant the seed, it activates the harvest. It's the time in between. It's the amount of water. So you can plant a seed and you can go into drought and a crop will come up, but it won't be very much. But if you pray for the rain and you get the right amount of rain. I remember when we were kids, my mom, when we had our farm down in, in, Michigan, down in uh, Flushing, my mom used to say, got to go out and look at the corn knee high by the 4th of July. 
don't know if you all remember that, knee high by the 4th of July. You want that rain. But after that, you pretty much didn't want it all coming down because it would harm the harvest. But you just had to Seasons. have the right thing. Now, I want to close with this because, number one, you planted a seed. We prayed. Now we've got to expect the harvest physically, financially, emotionally, in your, in your family, in your jobs, in, your, in every area. Every he doesn't just say life. it's about money. When people it's preach everything. about money, it drives me nuts. He said, beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper. Prosperity can mean happiness. Prosperity can be houses. Joy. Prosperity can be land. Family Prosperity side. can be health. If you're not healthy and you got all the money in the world, you're dying. He said, beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul When prospers. you get your heart right, then your healing comes and your prosperity follows. It's all about a heart thing with God. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is because when Cheryl began to pray this, she said, what about all the seeds that all of my relatives... Well, God began to speak to me. He said, all the years, I come from a very strong Christian family, generations of people that, that were strong in the Lord, but they were always poor. Very poverty even, but they were tithers and offering givers and would be the first people to give. And I said, Lord, I, I see the revelation of this, but what about all of, all of that that they gave? Well, I mean, they, I don't know if you're thinking of loved ones like I did, but I was like, Lord, they gave and they didn't know to believe. What happened to the seed? And the Lord said, nothing is corruptible in my realm. It just waits for a generation that will put in the sickle and speak to the harvest and command it to get in the storehouse. I said, what are you saying, God? He said, you have a tither's right to generations of bloodline harvests sitting in the field. I don't know if that's stirring you up, but it sure did me when God spoke it to my heart. Because I could think all the generations of aunts and uncles and grandparents in every direction that I know were givers. I know were tithers. They were in covenant with God, but I don't know that they ever really had much harvest come forth. And so God began to tell me, he said, speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I get up every morning and I pray like this. Lord, I thank you for all the harvest that have been planted in my bloodline. If no one's going to receive that harvest, Father, I thank you that I have inheritance right rights to it. And I call it forth into the kingdom of God to bring out people who are in darkness into the light, to call those people that are sick into health, to call those people that are dying into light, to call those people, Father, that you have put in my path, that you put in my hands. I thank you for the harvest of all of my loved ones to come into the storehouse and fill the storehouse for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, from the moment I started praying that, harvest Started, started coming from the most unusual places. God longs for the soul who will find the sound of their voice that is the sickle that puts in the harvest for, for loved ones to come forth, for harvest to come forth, for a generation of souls to spring up and take over the realm of a righteous revival revolution for the kingdom of heaven. Now, you got time for one quick story? Okay. My, my dad was not like her family. My, my dad didn't go to church. And um, my mom was egging him on to go to church and, you know, prodding him. So my dad 
eventually came to church at the Methodist church where we were, but he never came inside. He was mowing the lawn outside every morning while church was going on, on the rider mower going past the window. And, my, you know, when we were kids sitting there, we weren't allowed to look out the window. We got our ears flicked, you know, because, but my dad said, I went to church today. No, you didn't. You mowed the lawn. I mean, that was my dad. So we finally got him to go to a Christmas part, a Christmas um, pageant that I was in, and I was one of the three wise men. And so the next day I went to work with him, and this is what my dad said. Someone said, Ward, you, you left work early last night. My dad said, yeah, I went and saw my son in the Christmas play. He was one of the three wise guys. I mean, this was my background. <laughs> okay? And so so <laughs> the harvest, I would go to Mississippi, and I was bored to death. They had two channels, one that worked, one that didn't on the TV. <laughs> And they had those old phones, you know, those black phones that they rang, and, you know, it was just, so I, 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 I didn't enjoy it very much. And Cheryl would always say, her mom would say, let's go out and walk in the cemetery. And then, that's what my mom, that's what you do where I'm from. They, you don't have nothing else to do, you just read the headstones. But I told him, I said, no, let's go walk in the woods. Let's look at the trees. Let's go look at all the trees. I, I had, a, the I had trees. a choice. Look at the cemetery, look at the trees. And it's just <laughs> neither one of them were too good. And one channel went off at 11 o'clock at night. So my options were bad. Well, the first harvest that came in, somebody came along and wrote them a check because they came and they harvested all the pine trees off the land that her grandfather had left to her father that had left to her. And we got a check in the mail. We were able to use that for the kids' college. We were able to use that for some things that we needed. Now I go down there, and I don't now watch TV. I look for trees. Now he goes down there and says, you, you got, got any, any more trees, trees down here? here? I'm like, hey. How many trees you got? But you know what? I didn't plant those trees. I didn't water those trees. I didn't even have to harvest those trees. But you got to harvest. But we reaped the harvest the from a generation's generation. It's sitting in the field. There's a harvest of souls. There's a harvest of finances. Remember the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. There's got to be a transfer of wealth that's coming into the kingdom because we've got to finance the second coming of Christ. Join hands today as we want to pray for you. As we close this morning, and thank you for your patience staying in just a few minutes extra, I just really feel in our spirit we both felt that this was a divine revelation for all of this area, for you to walk in it. And, and we just have asked the Father to give an impartation of the spirit uh, of wealth inside of you, the wealth of God, the wealth of his healing, the wealth of salvation, the wealth of the power of God, the manifestation of the presence of God. I've asked the Father to give an impartation of his presence in you, that you would pray, pray in tongues more, that you would interpret more, that you would walk by the spirit more. And I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, from the left side of this room to the right side, from the front to the back. Let a wave of your presence come forth right now, bringing forth miracles and signs and wonders and revelation and impartation to each and every person, Father. I thank you for families being restored right now. I prophesy 
to the north, the south, the east, and the west for every family represented in here, for loved ones to come home, for loved ones to come to Jesus, for loved ones to feel the presence of God and be filled to the brim with the overflowing power of the presence of God. I thank you, Father, that families are coming forth and being restored from generations of brokenness and shattered lives to become whole again. We speak to your finances. We speak to your healing. We speak to your health. And we command a move of the presence of God over this place, over this church, that an outflowing power of the presence of God come out so strong that you be a sign and a wonder to the city of Gaylord and even to the surrounding areas that people come forth coming in searching for what is going on. We see the glory of God coming forth from the property. We see the power of God flowing over the street. We want what you have and we know, Father, we prophesy that it is salvation and restoration and deliverance and breakthrough and kingdom living in the name of Jesus at the Hope in Gaylord, Michigan. Everybody hold your hands up and then we'll end the service. Everybody get your hands up. I have harvest hands. You have harvest hands. There was already a harvest of souls today. You have harvest hands. And Father, we pray. And and just came up my spirit to pray again for Pastor's little granddaughter. Father, there was a seed planted. Nine months of time went by and there's a doctor who's going to see the harvest. We pray for them. We pray for little Emma. We pray for the family. We pray for this new life that has come forth from a seed. And Father, for generations to come and generations to come, for all their needs to be met, her life to be long, and her health to be exceptional. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.